Hey everyone, I'm Zach Barker and welcome to Worship Story. Well, it's been a couple weeks since my last episode, and uh, if this is your first time listening, hello. Thank you for for joining in. Um, Worship Story is a podcast that explores God's big story of worship and how each of us as his creations have our own worship story. And today, I'm very excited because I'm joined by... One of my dear friends, Mandy Bailey, she is a pastor. She is a Jesus lover, loves people. Um, we had the privilege of working together at a church recently. And um, just one of my favorite favorite humans to, to talk about creating worship experiences with. And she's got a really cool story about how she grew up in the church. And, um, and then at the end of this, uh, this is also going to be a song devotional. Wow. Just doing all the things. So stick around for that. We're going to do... Uh, a song uh, that I grew up singing in church when I was a kid, and she grew up uh, just singing around and was even working at a church by the guy who wrote it. So very cool. So without further ado, let's get into it. Wow. Well, I'm joined today by... My dear friend, Mandy Bailey, uh, who, this is in audio format, so you can't see, but she is just, her background is immaculate. Fireplace, is that a shawl on the couch? Is that what that's called? A blanket. Shawl. <laughs> a throw? Same, same difference. A throw, yes. Throw. Yeah. A knit throw. Oh, well, it, it, your, your video presentation is beautiful. I'm sitting in a... <laughs> I've got a weird uh, fire fire alarm in my background, yeah, some yeah. temperature controls. Um, Mandy, how are you doing look. today? I'm I'm good. I'm well. Thanks, Zach. Thanks for having me. Fun to be here oh. with you in this space. <laughs> uh, well, I'm honored that you would that you would say yes. Um, and. Uh, one of the things that I absolutely love talking about and processing and um, is just f- hearing how God's story invades people's specific story and how mm-hmm. his the imprint of his creation on us kind of reflects in so many different ways. And um, uh, for those that don't know, Mandy and I uh, had the privilege of well, really, it was my privilege. I had the privilege of being co-workers with you on the church staff, and um, in in our in our time together, I I just I always loved the heart that you brought as as a a preacher, as a teaching pastor to worship experiences, and so um, that's why you're here today. I I just wanted to kind of uh, explore your story, hear more about that. Um, so, question for you. Um, where did you grow up? Where did I grow up? Um, where did I not grow up? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, 
I have a like between um, you know zero and eight years old. We moved about five times. So I was born in Canada and Vancouver. Moved to Yorba Linda for a year. Moved back to Kansas City, which is where my parents were born and raised. Um, and then from there, I went to England. Uh, and then uh, when we were and I was eight, we moved back to the states and uh, lived in Lancaster, California. So that's really where I would say I grew up uh, is I'm definitely a Southern California girl with some <laughs> British and <laughs> Canadian roots Wow, and, and Midwestern <laughs> roots. So there's a lot of roots going down there, but uh, that's where I would claim. That's where you hail, you hail from the high desert. Mm -hmm. of, the high is desert. That, yeah. Is that the high desert, Lancaster? Yeah. Okay. The I'm Animal trying Valley. I'm trying to fit in like someone from Southern California, but <laughs> uh, so you moved around a lot because your parents are. Yeah, are... my dad was a pastor in ministry, and so we jumped around. It was the early he got connected to the Vineyard Movement in '84-ish, '85. So I was born in '85, and um, that's why we were for a short time in Anaheim. And then went back to Kansas City to be part of uh, Kansas City Vineyard. I don't know what it's called, Kansas City Christian Fellowship, I think at the time, KCF. And, uh, and then moved to North Kansas City, where my dad planted a church. And then from there, went to England and, yeah, and all that. So, so you... we, the Lord was moved, on the move. <laughs> so were the Parkers. <laughs> <laughs> And so you were, I mean, exposed to full-time vocational pastoral ministry, I mean, from, from birth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very much indoctrinated into <laughs> this, this life, this world, um, very early on. I think that, you know, some of my earliest memories are falling asleep at church services. So the, the church was a, a second home to be sure. And I think I maybe probably more than any of my other siblings maintain that uh, sense of church being a safe place at home um, for the rest of my life. <laughs> probably. Well, so hopefully, <laughs> maybe. Sure. And, and hopefully less, less sleeping at church as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, there's a, there's a question there. So maybe, maybe not. Okay. All right. Um, some of those, some of those pews and chairs are comfy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, I think that, you know, people sometimes will say like, oh, is that rough? Like being a pastor's kid or, um, oh, pastor's, you know, this is like this weird taboo, like, um, strange club. And we are, we are a strange, um, club with issues for sure but <laughs> but I think that I've always been really grateful for it because I think that for really firsthand I got to see God really at work in people's lives and hear testimony after testimony of transformation and, and really just real genuine faith and that was ha has been just a gift in my life yeah so seeing the behind the scenes, the good and the bad of being in ministry, watching your parents follow God's call to different countries, different states. Uh, what, talk to me about your own 
kind of revelation of feeling God kind of pulling your your heart or your story kind of leaning into to pastoral ministry? Yeah, I think that, I mean, obviously I always had a sense of, of God's presence and um, not obviously, but I, I did. I, I always believed and, and wanted to know more of Jesus as from a young age. And I think really probably from eight years old, I had this realization that that was a choice that I had to make that, that not everyone had Jesus just hanging out in their hearts, even though, you know, um, he is with us. And, um, and so I chose that journey and continued obviously still daily making that choice to, to know more of God and to want to know more of God and to hunger for the things of God in my life. And so I would say in high school that, that kind of shift of becoming more real to me, um, was in effect, I think I had always been a very upbeat, joyful person and a lot of transition and change and grief kind of in our life in that season and early high school kind of collided and I um, experienced kind of real sadness and, and, and some depression for the first time. And so I think God really met me in that place and, mm. and kind of called me to a full, fuller purpose um just that that sense of Paul in Acts 2024 20, that my life is worth nothing to me if I don't finish the race and complete the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace and so that testifying that that my life would my life of of love and devotion to God would testify to his goodness and grace has since that time been um, my heart's cry and I think that it's been a journey of figuring out what that meant and what that looked like. And so I'm very administrative, I'm efficient, I am organized. And so I went towards, uh, or let, you know, moved towards admin work and started work front desk team and uh, was a youth assistant at 16 and an executive assistant. 19 so i think i just thought oh, i'm an administrator in church and get to be back in behind the scenes and and be part of this and and care for people now marry a pastor and i'll have a lot of a lot of kids and <laughs> it'll be great <laughs> and that was kind of you know best laid plans um and i um it was actually a meeting matt my husband who is is not a pastor he's a firefighter and that god really uh, shifted that because I was like well I can't marry him he's a <laughs> firefighter and that that's not what I thought God you were doing mm. um I think I think that part of that thought process was because of what was modeled I mean it, there was it, like it was in the what in what I was a part of it it was very much a power couple structure where husband and wife duos um so I got to see women doing ministry and and preaching and leading but it was always you know, in relationship with their husband. Mm. And so I didn't really have a model for what that looked like, not. And so, um, but I was on a plane, I was flying back to Ohio where I lived at the time after meeting Matt and, and God just showed up on the plane. And I started crying and I was like, God, this is weird. Why am I crying? Thinking about this boy that I just don't even hardly know and just met. And, um, 
and he just spoke to me. I mean, I didn't know I was going to marry around at the time, but he was like, you're, you're a pastor. Like I'm calling you to pastor regardless of what your husband um, does or will do. Mm. And, and so you need to lean into that. And it just broke me and uh, in, in a great way and just opened up a whole new kind of uh, opportunity to, to grow and to challenge myself in ways and, and put myself in places that I uh, wasn't particularly comfortable. I have yeah. always, you know, I mean, I know there's, there's a throw of us that identify with Moses and being like, no, I, I can't do that. I can't preach. I can't teach. I'm not going to, that's crazy. And, um, and I very much was that way. I mean, I was the sibling in my family who everyone finished their sentences because I couldn't get the right words out. And, mm. um, my sister is an amazing interpreter for me. She can just like in a heartbeat, tell someone exactly what I'm saying. And, uh, and so when then I was like, well, to kind of pastor and, and preach, like I have to <laughs> kind of put my thoughts together <laughs> and that's not a good thing, you know, and, uh, in my, in my kind of scope of what I had, but I'd always, I'd always wanted, I'd always, I not wanted to preach. Preaching has never been a want to do for me. It's always mm. felt like a, a have to in a good way. Like not, I'm not saying that begrudgingly, but like a have to of like God's really pressing on like, you no, know, I'm going to give you what you need, but you need to do this. You need to step out in this. And, um, and so I just, yeah, I don't know. I, that, that, that's just where God kind of called me into that place. And so that began a, a journey of putting myself in more uncomfortable positions as opposed to where I was comfortable, um, or what kind of naturally my gift set lent itself to. Yeah. So. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> the, talk to me about your involvement with worship. And I know worship is not music, but for this context, I'm talking about congregational singing together. Um, yeah. Uh, are you musical? Are you, I mean, I know you're musical. I've heard you sing. You're always, you're always <laughs> up to something. Um, so, but talk to I me. No, I mean, I would not, I, I can't play an instrument. I never attempted to play an instrument. I, uh, I wish I had, I wish I'd been forced to in some ways, but I, I wouldn't consider myself a, a singer. So I do sing. I, and I sing out loud, uh, loudly um for all to hear but i i do not um i would not be invited back <laughs> if i went for an audition um so i think that um yeah no worship for oh worship is core of really who i am and i think that was a, a privilege of growing up in the vineyard movement and mm -hmm. the you know 80s and 90s is that worship was so central uh to to just the presence and power of the holy spirit and movement of god and so i you know was definitely i'm sure singing worship songs before i was putting sentences together and mm. and i think also from a young age really dealt with a lot of fear specifically like at night and so worship music was a constant 
companion <laughs> in my life. And yeah, I think for me, as someone who is a little bit more in their head and has a harder time kind of getting out of my head, that worship, corporate worship has always been where I felt the most free mm. and, um, and where I felt the most really myself before God. And I think that, you know, I mean, there's some wildness and weirdness, obviously, to those, <laughs> to those good old, uh, early vineyard days but there as a young as a younger person like five six seven eight you know i was running around church sanctuaries without my shoes on singing loudly you know come to the light come as you are you can be a friend of god good old kevin prosh and like the just like just just that freedom of i i didn't have any kind of self-consciousness to that i didn't have any sense of and, and that was it that was me like arm and arm with adults and yeah. there was just a sense of of real uh, it wasn't fake. Like it, it wasn't a show. It was a genuine response to the presence of God and the freedom that he brings and the peace that he brings. And so I love, love and value a hugely corporate worship and, and definitely believe in a physical expression of that and not yeah. you know like i can't not move you know like i can't not move and <laughs> it's very strange to me that that that's a thing and i like bless people that don't move but like i don't know how you can't not move um oh. and i think just theologically just knowing more of god through through song and words and i'm reading you know chronicles of narnia with ren right now and and we just finished the magician's nephew where it depicts kind of the creation story and Aslan's yeah. creating Narnia and he's speaking everything into being with song. And like, it's just, just this, this, just the power and the presence of God that can be experienced together um, through corporate worship is, I think the closest to heaven that we get. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and yes, no arguments there. Um so it, having such a strong, uh, I mean, it was just part of who you are. It's part of your core, not, not ever having a context outside of yeah. uh, physical, experiential, corporate worship. Talk to me about how that has shaped you. Um, someone who I'm using your words that maybe you, you don't, you don't seek after being a preacher, even though you are and a phenomenal one. How has that kind of growing up in that worship space really, uh, you know, shaped how you are as a preacher? I think one of the, one of, what I love, I think most about worship more so than preaching as I think that preaching is um, there's less and I guess it depends on personality, but from my perspective, there tends to be less boundaries um, to engagement with God, right? To and and there's just more opportunity for God to His presence to come and break down barriers to people's lives. So like beyond like language doesn't have to be a barrier in music and so like you know like it doesn't it like that we can kind of. Um, get over those barriers quicker in a corporate worship setting than 
is simpler to do in like in a, in a preaching setting. Mm -hmm. And so, um, as someone who really longs that, you know, that church be a space truly for everyone and that everyone would feel welcome and loved and cared for in that space, um, and get to encounter Jesus as we reach for him together, that I've always really approached my preaching in that same, like hoping to approach preaching in that same way yeah. uh, as like, how do, how do we um, invite and welcome and set the stage for people to experience the power and presence of God and be transformed by it um, and not just leave feeling good or with, you know, like a to-do list for the week. Um, yeah. And so I think that even how people approach church, you know, sometimes it's like, well, there's worship, which is nice, you know, that's nice. But then I get the preaching, which is like, you know, I, I need that. So I know kind of what to do because we're checkbox people, right? We want to know what to do yeah. um, versus like worship where you just have to be, you have to be. And so we're not always great at being <laughs> <laughs> and, and dealing with ourselves. And, it, but it, when we, when we do, when we, when we do, um, really allow God to move in that space, um, we, we can be healed. We can be changed. We can be transformed. Um, and the same goes for preaching that if we can, we can be, and as a preacher, like, I don't, I, you know, to, I'm sure many people, preaching mentors chagrin, like I'm not the best preparer. I'm not, I'm not the most polished people, but I'm empowered and I'm going <laughs> to preach and I, and, and I, and the power of the Holy Spirit's got to do his work because, you know, I, it's just, just me up here. So um, I think that reliance on that and merging those two worship, empowered worship and empowered preaching together is, is good stuff. Yeah. Well, at, at its best, there isn't a difference. <laughs> right. It's the same. There, It's all it's corporate the, worship. It's all, yeah. whether singing or the, you know, teaching of God's word, like it, it, it should all, it's, it's, it hits on different senses, right? From a physical standpoint, but from a right. spiritual engagement, if it's if it's done well and in with intention and with the power of God's spirit, like it should be the same. Well, early on mm -hmm. in my career as a, that sounds dumb. I hate the word career for ministry. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Uh, early on in my time of leading worship, I had a, a worship pastor tell me, that the the songs that we sing are more of our church's theology than mm -hmm. than the teaching of the word and not that not that on a better importance but because of the the way that people engage with song yeah. they will hear and remember way more what we sing than what is taught and so mm -hmm. we have to make sure that we are telling the truth and yeah. that we are treating that as as holy as yes. someone yes. you know as jesus opening the scrolls of isaiah in the temple like it's that important of this mm -hmm. what, the words that we're singing and how we're treating that and um and I, I love that you're that that is uh just natural to you mm -hmm. um that's something that's tough to teach i think and so mm -hmm. um i'm I am, have been blessed by your preaching in that and have lo I love getting to 
to lead worship when when you're preaching because I know that you're carrying the same tone of mm-hmm. of intentionality with that. Um, okay, so let's kind of focus in a little bit more on uh, we're going to do a song devotional today. Um, and when I was asking Mandy, you know, what, what song would you want to do? She gave me a couple options. And then you said something, you, you gave a qualifier to the song we're going to do today that made me in my heart be like, yep, that's it. That's the one. And you said that you sing this song to your daughter every night. And as, as a, as a, as a worship leader, um, and my wife also we're we are, we're finding so much joy in involving our sons, our boys in, mm-hmm. in like our heart for worship. And so we, we involve them in like our times when we practice at home, when we rehearse through songs mm-hmm. and we pray through songs and yeah. um, our oldest, he's, he's all about it. His favorite song right now is raise a hallelujah. He loves that. Um, he's he, he'll, he asks me every week, he helps us tear down after church on Sundays, that's like our, one of our special times. And he, he asks me every week, like, are we going to do raise a hallelujah next week? Like, am I going to be up there? Am I, do you guys need help? And I was like, yeah, buddy, let's do it. Our youngest, um, maybe I, maybe pray for him because his favorite song right now is <laughs> like secular music, like old McDonald's, um, twinkle, twinkle, little star. So <laughs> we're working on him. Um, but I, I, I love, I, I love that you sing this to your daughter so not only in a like exposing your daughter to worship um early on and your daughter's older than than my boys but um talk to me about that why why does this song um I haven't even said what the song is yet but why does this song why is it so important to you and why is it why does it have like that i feel like that that time before bedtime with our kids is one of the most precious times that we have mm-hmm. as parents um, mm-hmm. and, and using this, this song there, why is it so important to you? Um, I mean, I don't know if I, other than, you know, the spirit, uh, <laughs> and prompting me, I don't think I was like conscious of, of why I started singing this. I think it, it's, you know, there's a handful that are short enough that you can remember all of them and, and, <laughs> and kind of acapella them, at least for me, I'm not the best with remembering all the lyrics of everything but um I think that that's how it it started and and I think it is meaningful to me because it uh it speaks to all that I hope for for Ren and that she you know all who are thirsty is the song I don't think we said that yet but oh the reveal um, I was waiting for the reveal everyone's everyone's sitting on the edge Um, of their seats just What is it? What is this song? Uh, all who are weak, um, they they would come to the fountain and dip their heart in the streams of life. But um, I, and I know you're gonna you're gonna go over the lyrics. But I I named Ren Ren W R E N, which is a songbird, um, uh, with the hope and prayer that her life would be a sweet song to mm-hmm. the world and to others and most of all to God and that she would know him and and be known by him. And, you know, this, this song really kind of mimics Psalm 42 and Psalm 42 seven says deep calls to deep and the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. 
By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. And a prayer to the God of my life is that's one of my favorite lines, just that not to prayer to our God, uh, you know, but uh, just so, so deeply personal and a prayer to the God of my life. And mm. so singing this over Ren and, you know, it gets to the, I'm sure there's a technical term for what that is, but the come Lord Jesus come and come Lord Jesus come and Holy Spirit come. Uh, and it just felt like a way to, welcome him into her life and her subconscious Yeah, <laughs> from a very young age for her to know that she has some, um, a bigger, a bigger heart and purpose and, and a creator who loved her, um, that she could always turn to. So. Well, I, I, you say that it was, you know, the spirits leading, which is true, but it is, <laughs> it's buried in your, yeah. in, in your heart of mm -hmm. you know your story as a child running mm -hmm. shoeless falling asleep <laughs> you know yeah. that that this yeah. that was just a part of your upbringing and whether that was yeah. a conscious decision of your parents or not i mean obviously they you had to be where they were otherwise that's i think that, that's breaking <laughs> the law but you're doing the same thing for your daughter and yeah. um i i think that's as as a as a parent who is daily trying to figure out how to not screw it up i love i love okay. that practice i love that and um so i know my wife will be listening to this and uh, i think i, think I that... always wanted to like i want to sorry to interrupt you um no, i always want to um you know i think that something i'm obviously always striving for is that kind of constantness and that the you no know, barriers to kind of interaction with God in our day to day or moment by moment. And so picturing him with me in the car, like trying to like engage with Jesus um, all the time. And so trying to teach that to your children um, is hard without feeling like kind of like a weirdo yourself because <laughs> which, but I mean, I think that that's, I mean, that part of that parenting, right? Just being a we constant weirdo. But, um, but I think that <laughs> constant weirdo or a constant, like, please put your shoes on, please put your clothes on. Um, did you brush your teeth? I mean, if I have to like say all those things a bazillion times. Oh, just, our, our big thing right now is be like, a long well, life. <laughs> like, buddy, go wash your hands. He's back in two seconds. I'm like, I heard the water, but did you use soap? Yes. Did you? And that's like our fight. That's our thing. Like, oh, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I would much rather be like teaching her about Jesus than how to flush the toilet on the regular, but I, um, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> priorities, I guess, but you know, like the, the, yeah, just that uh, have, trying to not make things separate. And I think obviously in this mm. age of COVID where church, church has been a little like stranger's body and trying to engage our kids in that world you know, it's not just church on Sundays. And so yeah. like actually this Sunday we hadn't watched church yet and we hadn't been to church yet. And, but we'd read part of our magician's nephew and it was the whole creation part. And so then I stopped reading and Matt goes, okay, girls, do you want to go to church now? And Ren and I kind of looked at each other and we were like, we just went to church. <laughs> but just like that, that actually made me like really proud that she was like, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah. And uh, I was like, that's the, just the things of God that they would be a normal 
the worship of God, the, the lifestyle of, of, of a heart for him and for others, that that would be a normal route like life, you know, just, just an overflow of our heart as yeah. opposed to um, things that are just part of our life. Yeah. Normalizing yeah. W- worship times. And no, I, that's, I, I love that. Um, so like you said, the song we're going to just go through real quick is all who are thirsty by Brenton Brown and Glenn Robertson, uh, written in 1998. Wow. Good. Good. (laughs) What were you doing in 1998? Oh, you don't have to answer that. That's okay. I think I was in junior high, middle school. Oh, definitely don't answer that then. Uh, so let's go through the, the lyrics real quick. You've hit on them already. Um, but, uh, just wanted to kind of give a little bit more context around or anything else that, that you feel like you want to want to talk through. Um, uh, so there, there is a technical term for <laughs> this section of the song. Of um, it is. It's the is chorus. That the chorus? See, yeah, yeah. Look at you. Chorus. Yeah. And if you're, it just, if you're it's so short, it's like a verse and a chorus and you know, it's not, it's all the same. So yeah. Chorus or uh, verses aren't different or refrain, if you will, yeah. some, something that's repeated, you know, I, I'm also kind of talking out of my depth right now from <laughs> musicality. So uh, the verse, all who are thirsty, all who are weak, come to the fountain, dip your heart in the stream of life, let the pain and the sorrow be washed away and the waves of his mercy as deep cries out to deep. Yeah, I think this just um, speaks to all the things I rebel against in church culture. <laughs> and like that we have to like put on a happy face or that we have mm. to be look a certain way. Um, I think it just right off the jump is like all who are thirsty, all who, you know, like we're, or we're all weak. It kind of, it puts us all on the same playing field like Jesus does. And so um and so I think just at the feet of Jesus, like we're all, um, we all need him regardless mm. of w- what has been our experience or life. So I just, I just love it. It's so simple, but it's, it's so deep to come to the fountain, dip your heart in the stream of life. It's I think ther- therapeutic for me of just the sense mm. of like, yeah, that I do, I am will, and I hope to always find healing and everyone can in the presence of God. And so um, it's an invitation to do that and to be enveloped in his mercy. Yeah. So, and it's, and just to be able to sing that over and over and to be able to remind myself that, you know, and others that were welcome before him, all of us, not just parts of us. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I I celebrate all all the songs that that Brenton has written for the church, um, and something that he's really good at is in the in the best way simplifying the theology mm-hmm. of of worship to getting getting right to it, and and like yeah. you say, just like right off the bat, quoting Jesus, quoting Isaiah. Um, is great and you you touched on this a bit deep cries out to deep 
um, from Psalm 42. Um, what? <laughs> Don't ask what I think that means. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, <laughs> no, because well, I knew you were going to ask that and I was like going to flip it on you. And then you told me that I couldn't flip it on you. And so I don't, I like really to, to be honest, I don't actually know what that means, but in my heart, it means, it, it means like this sense of like the depth and fullness of God. I don't know. That's what it speaks to me that this deep, like we're pulling out the deeper we go, the deep, you know, this deep cries to deep. Yeah, that's it. That's that, all I got. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so, I mean, you, you're not supposed to flip it back to me. That's how podcasts go. Because um, this is a professional <laughs> podcast, Mandy. But so doing doing in doing research of this song, I, I also wanted to like, I, I've heard this phrase my whole life growing up in, in, in church mm-hmm. and from scripture. And obviously Psalm 42 is used you know, a, a ton. It's a very popular right. psalm right. for so many things. My ways are greater than your ways, you know, all the, and, but just this morning, reading some of the context of, of that psalm, um, it's assumed that it was that, you know, it starts the, the second book of psalms, and it's assumed that this was written from uh, the, the song leaders that were exiled from Jer- Jerusalem because Absalom, you know, kicked his dad david out of the temple and so these are the song leaders like that are almost looking back and realizing like they can't worship in the tabernacle the way that they were used to Mm -hmm. and that's where the presence of Mm -hmm. god was and so they're they don't know how to do it and they're just lamenting for this this way that it used to be or the way that they think it should have been so it's almost this this phrase like this deep cries out to deep of um, just like a reminder to themselves that in like in a time of deep need and they don't really know what's coming next, the only, only God can provide a deep remedy, which is what you just said. And so I, I, have, I was like, Oh man, this is beautiful. I so love good. The context of that is not like, relevant at all to our life right now, but <laughs> seriously, <laughs> Oh man. Yes, those those are those are conversations that all all churches are having right now. And uh, but yeah, I, mm. nothing more to be said so good. on that. No, that's so good. Um, and so the in, in the best ways, the rest of the song is is basically just repetitions of invitation. Yeah, come, come, Lord Jesus, come, Holy Spirit, come, and as deep cries out to deep, we sing come Lord Jesus come. Um, I think that one of the, um, I don't know if I, I should say this, but one of the things I um, think about, you know, in this refrain, you know, this is in, especially in more charismatic traditions, this isn't like a, this is, this is like a constant cry um, is like an invitation of the Holy spirit, which fully believe in, um, and, but sometimes I get a little, I guess my cynical or attitude part of me is like, well, God's already here. He's with us. Like <laughs> we don't need to necessarily invite him here, but what we do need to do is raise our awareness of him um, in us and, and working around us and through us. And so as I sing this song, it, it feels like more of an 
invitation to me yeah <laughs> um to like to 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 come like to to move in in his presence and in in his power and in his healing um and and to really like welcome welcome more fullness of him in my life yeah um yeah no absolutely i, I so that's really how this always has has you know has hit me yeah no i I'm it's the exact same way. I feel like it, if, if like a visual image of this is going to be a, a dumb analogy. Sorry, everyone. Uh, Indiana Jones, <laughs> the very first Raiders of the Lost Ark. He's in the temple, and there's like this one spot in the temple that there's this golden thing, right? So I kind of always have this when when the bible talks about like our bodies are a temple our minds our spirits our soul like and i imagine that there's this one place that we have this is like and that's that's our our worship and and when we focus on 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 god when we are truly worshiping we are putting him in his rightful place in 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 mm -hmm. our lives and so like that's what this invitation like you're saying kind of means has always meant to me of like that yes God, yeah. I, I i need to put you you're mm -hmm. already here but i need mm -hmm. to put you on this yeah. place i need to put mm -hmm. you on this that's good um yeah well maybe there may be come, completely heretical come and be lord of my life the, the yeah golden no, monkey statue from indiana good. jones but um but yeah yeah i, I want to put you in in the in the in a, your rightful place and there's a yeah. lot of yeah as uh i don't know if you ever involved in conversations about repetition in in songs and how some people are like oh if we have to repeat it then do we really mean it blah blah, blah. and i'm like me i i land on the i'm dumb i'm a sheep i have to be i have to repeat something to own it the more i repeat yeah. it the more yeah. i believe it the deeper i i i, I believe in it and mm -hmm. i feel like this song does that and i think that that yeah that it all has to, I mean, that's as pastors and worship leaders, that's part of our, you know, I think a huge part of how we pastor is creating a space for authenticity. And I think when that repetition gets harder is when it doesn't feel authentic. So um, that's where we have to <laughs> lean in, lean into yeah. that real, real, is this a real genuine kind of response of my heart? Am I living this out or um, do I believe this versus, um, uh, versus, you know, am I just putting on a show or performing or yeah. checking a box for the week? Yeah, yeah. Well, Mandy, before we play the song um, at the end, uh, first, just thank you for your time today. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for uh sharing your your story and um <laughs> Thanks for having me. uh we'll, we'll do it again i would love to process more with you about the relationship between teaching and 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 singing i think there's a lot a lot there but um if you would yeah um i love kind of setting people up for before listening to the song to use this as as a, a quick time to meditate to to worship to to pray um so if you would, would you just kind of lead us in into that? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I'm going to pray before I do. I just want to say that I think that um, that um, 
but hunger and thirst is always one of those, um, prayers that I pray for my, for myself that God never really fails to answer <laughs> is that, you know, God make me hungry for you, uh, hungry for more of you. Um, even when, when it doesn't, when I don't have kind of that energy or, or faith when faith is, is, is waning or whatever it is that there's this just a cry of my heart is that I would always be longing for more of him. Um, and so when we really um, just ask for that, that he is more than willing to, to give us that <laughs> for himself. And so uh, let me pray for us and yeah. we can listen to this song. God, I just, I thank you for worship. I thank you for Zach and his, his heart for um, leading people into worship. And God, I just pray that wherever we're at, however we're listening to this, God, that we, that we would, um, that we would just be welcomed in to your arms, that we would experience healing and peace and, and the power of your presence, God, that you would just continue to move and grow us and change us through the power of song, through the power of, of truth in words, God, through our response to you, God, that we would know more of you, God, that our hearts cry would be to, to sing the song of, of life and love in this place, in this world. God, may your grace abound and, and pour out. And God, we come to you as, as thirsty, thirsty children um, longing for more of you. We love you, Lord. Bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Of his mercy, 
as deep cries out too deep we sing come Lord Jesus come oh come Lord Jesus come we cry come Deep cries out to deep. As deep cries out to deep. As deep cries out to deep. We sing, Come, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit